Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 86. I hope you are all staying healthy and safe during this really tumultuous time in the world. And I hope you were able to escape a little bit this week with Bravo, especially given the premiere of The Real Housewives of New York. I love these ladies and am so excited to have them back. This week, I have my neighbor, Robert Block, on the podcast. Don't worry, we were about eight feet apart when recording with lots of wires in between that were all sanitized. He is the only person that has entered my apartment in the last three or four weeks, so... <laughs> We chat about The Real Housewives of New York and Vanderpump Rules, and if you stay on afterwards, I will give my thoughts on Summer House, which is just such an incredible show. If you guys are not watching Summer House, it is light, it is fun, it is enjoyable, it is everything we need during this tough time. Okay, without further ado, this is my chat with Robert. Hi, everyone. I am here with my neighbor, Robert Block. How are you doing, Robert? Oh, very well, Mandy. We are standing or sitting more than six feet apart <laughs> in my apartment. Definitely. And um, we used to share a microphone. We used to so share so one sp- mic when we would do this. So and strange. And I bought my hand sanitizer and we're all good. We're all good. We've got alcohol. Life is is all right for us right now. How have you been holding up during quarantine? It's definitely a strange time, um, but I'm happy to be here. I mean, I wish we were handling this like your you know, native Germany. I feel like they've got it much more under control. They do, and the restrictions are much harder. For example, they only have uh, two people that can gather outside, while here it's still 10 people. So no threesomes? <laughs> <laughs> Swinger Club is no longer fun there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, 
I've been watching a lot of Bravo to take my mind off things. Have you been watching Watch What Happens Live at home with Andy Cohen at all? I have not. I saw the promos, but I have not watched it. I recommend it. It's cute. It's definitely low tech. And, you know, sometimes people's like video and mics aren't amazing. But it's been fun. And it's great to see Andy Cohen doing so well. Oh, that's great. Because I saw his AirPods. I'm like, that's like how I do my conference calls. (laughs) Absolutely. So what did you think of this week's premiere of The Real Housewives of New York? And typically my expectations for a premiere are very low because not not much happens during the first episode. Uh, However, this one exceeded my expectations and I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yay! Okay, so let's get started. The episode begins with acknowledgement about Bethany leaving and basically insinuates that she didn't give anyone a heads up. Were you shocked by how they like just dove in with that? I was because unlike you, I had no idea. I'm sure you were Wait, very... are no you kidding I, me? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding you. So I had no idea. Robert. I'm like, oh my God, Bethany's not going to be on it. And I know Mandy, of course, is way better informed than I am. Probably most of the listeners are. So I was like, oh my God, Bethany is not going to be on it. Oh, because you're not on social media. Well... I am. Oh, you are, but, but it's I'm like not following Bethany. Yeah, it was yeah. all over when she decided to abruptly quit. See, the good thing is, it doesn't take the surprise away from me when I watch it. Okay, so you're watching as if you didn't know any of this stuff. Exactly. Oh, this so, is fascinating. I watched it last night when it premiered. Um, was very surprised. However, my feelings towards her are very awesome. It's a mixed bag. She provides great drama, as seen in all episode, all seasons, especially the last one. She's also off the handle and really, really annoying. So once I realized she's not going to be on it, I was wondering, what's next? Yeah, so they kind of get into, they start with showing Luann and Sonia. And I have missed these women. I didn't realize how badly I needed to see them until they were on my screen. But Luann is still very self-absorbed, very focused on her court case, and she is now off probation. And Sonia goes to the courthouse with her to celebrate, and they sit on a park bench. And, you know, Sonia is kind of telling her, okay, now that this chapter is over, like, can you acknowledge how we've all really been there for you? And, um, you know, how you've kind of treated us poorly. And Luann's still not getting it. <laughs> not at all. She didn't get it at all. I was surprised to see Sonia there. Because remember, in last seasons, we had Dorind, uh, Dorinda be there for Luann. And now it was Sonia being there, picking her up at the courthouse. First thing they do is go to their local, and it was a hot dog stand or something, where they celebrated you know, the end of the, this proceeding. Uh, but I was surprised to see all that. And then it was they had this amazing shot, like right in the beginning, where they were hugging each other. And you see, as Sonia is hugging Luann, she takes like a bite of whatever pastry she's gotten. It was, I mean, it's so funny. You, you can laugh in the mic. He's like trying not to laugh. I am laughing. <laughs> um, that, I was like, okay, we've got it. We've still got it. There is a season here. There is a lot to enjoy. Exactly. It was nice to see both of them sit together on the park bench. Not sure if Luann got the message that she should have gotten throughout all of this, but it was just fun to see them in the you know opening two minutes of the episode. I don't know about you, but I felt like a 
bit of pain watching New York hustle and bustle, knowing what's happening there right now. It was just really tough. But I I texted a friend of mine and I was like, I am literally in tears watching New York City and knowing like what's about to come. And, you know, she was like, it's actually making me happy because I'm thinking of what what it's going to go back to eventually. You know, that is also true. But while I was watching it, I was actually thinking how they're going to capture this time of our lives um, on the shows, next, yeah. on all of the shows. So let's talk about New York. It's going to be a whole different season next year. And it's going to be the same for all of the others. So how are they going to incorporate our social distancing into all these reality shows? Well, I mean, everything's shut down. All production is shut down. But eventually it'll be back up and we'll see how things go. If you're not already watching, you should find a way to follow Ramona Singer because her and Mario are quarantining together with their daughter in Florida. That opens up a whole other topic we need to talk about, given Ramona's um, actions in the very first episode. Because last season she was very... I'm the love of the party and she was just looking for men and having fun and then we watched this first episode and she's just crying and needs somebody to hold herself. I know. Oh, that made me so sad. I mean, I do feel for her. She's like, you know, I'm lonely. She got this new apartment and she says she wakes up and she looks over and there's nobody there besides Coco, her 17-year-old dog. (laughs) We see a lot of this episode. Um, And that was just, I don't know. I, I do... As much of a narcissist as she is and how it's like, I do feel like she is lonely and I hope, I hope she finds happiness. No, absolutely. But the extreme that she went to last season compared to this very first episode, because last season she was really the life of the party, trying to catch as many men as she can. And now here was the breakdown where she needs somebody to hold her. Um, It's just a very different point of view. It is. It definitely is. So what did you think of Leah McSweeney, the newest housewife? I loved her. I know. I have never been so taken by a housewife so quickly. And same here. We only had one episode so far. Um, There's plenty to talk about. So I leave it up to you. But... I love her from the get-go. Um, funny to hear about when she masturbates. <laughs> you know, she she opened that for us. She so the they have this up scene where her and Tinsley are. Oh my gosh, my dog Stassi keeps bringing balls over <laughs> to, to Robert. You don't have to play with her. It's okay. I love it. And so you've got this. You've got Leah and Tinsley going boxing. And Tinsley saying how she moved on from Scott and she's dating this guy, Bruce, who's also from Chicago. I'm like, what are you doing dating these guys from Chicago? Very odd. Um, And we find out a little bit more about Leah. She's single. She's got a daughter who's 12. We get to meet her daughter who's adorable. She's got um, her ex and her are raising the daughter together. It sounds like they have dinner three nights a week, which is really sweet. Um, But the thing that was most interesting about Leah was her arrest. That was quite a story. So when she meets Luann for the first time and Luann's like talking about how she's off probation, Leah's like, oh, you know, I was arrested like back in 2002. I was like 
I don't know if I mean the story checks out but it's it's odd it's like there's definitely details being left out but she was saying she was making out with a guy and the cops attacked him and she threw a water bottle at one of the cops and hit him in the back of the head he punched her in the face and then slammed her face into subway grates three times knocking out her teeth and then she was arrested and got a mugshot. now she sued uh, the police department in New York City and was able to win seven $75,000 in damages, which she then put into her own business, which is a clothing line married to the mob. True. You just opened, you went through the entire episode pretty much. <laughs> no, so, that was one story, but it was, it was like, one story. oh my God, that was so much all at once. Absolutely. So when she first got introduced at the boxing ring, um, it was like, oh my God, you're so cute. No, you're so cute. You're in such good shape. You're in such good shape. I'm like, this is so New York. It's these two blonde and really good shape ladies talking to one another. I'm like, okay, we got it. You're both in good shape. Then came, of course, the boxing ring was fine. Um, and then came when they sat down and opened up. Uh, it was very interesting to hear when Leah then opened up about her mugshot and what had happened. Um, you also saw in her mugshot she wasn't a blonde. Oh, I didn't even notice that. She was not a blonde. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then we have the introduction of uh, her daughter. Um, before that, Tinsley, though, said that she's dating somebody named Brian and she doesn't like Bruce. the name. Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Sorry, yeah. Bruce. And she doesn't like, like she doesn't the like name She doesn't like the Bruce. name. I... It's so interesting, like with Tinsley, and a huge part of this episode is like Dorinda being frustrated with Tinsley about something that's definitely related to the show. Like I think she's, you know, we see with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, there's a lot of things they don't put on camera, right? There's things they agree not to talk about. And nothing's really off limits with New York. They all talk about everything. Uh, But Tinsley seems to be a little bit more guarded in what she shares. And maybe she's always been that way with all of her friends and anyone that she's in touch with. But Dorinda does not like it and feels like she's being lied to and Tinsley is holding things back. I mean, what do you think of all of that? Like, how do you feel about Tinsley? No, absolutely. Especially that particular situation where they got together at um it was a miracle upstairs the bar they went oh yeah i don't remember yeah (laughs) um so they went to the bar and i think tinsley came from a good place because she really started this is not the right place let's talk somewhere outside we can have dinner we can have coffee we can have drinks let's you know let's talk and then dorinda just took it to a whole nother level and i thought it was very inappropriate um, especially then not only between the two of them, they went back to the entire group of housewives and it escalated there. But that's where we tie Leah back in because Leah, you, I, they had subtitles where she whispered into Tinsley's ears, why do you let Dorinda talk to you like that? And I absolutely agreed because Dorinda, I typically like her. This, this first episode, um, absolutely unacceptable. It, I mean, I feel like we're leading up to a whole season of Dorinda acting out, and we don't know exactly why she's acting out. I mean, I don't think she's exactly happy with John. I think, you know, the love of her life, Richard, died, and she's definitely not really over it, and uh, I think she's, you know, drinking her sorrows away instead of, like, working through it. And, you know, but her, she was so mean to Tinsley. She's like, you know, the, you're going to be late for school, like it chastising her like she's a child. Like, what are you doing? And you not know? just that. It wasn't just inappropriate. It was really who talks like that, you know, at her age. It was so it was really high school drama. And they should be way past that. Like the, the way you address somebody else should not be that way. 
when she walks away and her heel gets caught on her pants and they're like oh your heel is like caught and she's like well at least I bought these heels I didn't lay on my back for them I was like Dorinda Tinsley inherited money she's definitely not sleeping around for money yes Scott you know has a lot of money and I'm sure you know keeps her comfortable but she is worth a ton of money because of her parents not because of anything else. Absolutely. And it's just like, why even go there with that? It's so obnoxious. Absolutely. I feel like it's the kind of thing we would see on Vanderpump Rules, like the really low blows, like completely unnecessary. And we'll get into it in a bit, but it reminds me a lot of Lala acting out. I can't wait to talk about that, but it's absolutely right. So women at, at their age and experience level, they shouldn't talk like that. It was just so inappropriate. Um, the language that was used, the drama that was created... Absolutely unnecessary. I mean, what are you most excited for? Like, we saw the preview of what's to come. I mean, what what do you think? When I said earlier, maybe uh, Luen did not learn her lesson because in the previews, there's the whole where I think Ramona tells her it's all vodka and then Luen still takes the zip and says, oh. oh, this tastes so good. Somebody else, I think Jovinda in episode one now also said maybe she's not an alcoholic. Maybe she was just caught at the wrong time, the wrong place. So I don't know all the background. I mean, that is so crazy, though, because if you are arrested while drunk and you are violent, there's probably a problem like that shouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen to you or me. I mean, it's just really scary to like resist arrest and like go after a police officer knowing what could happen. And yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I think her exact words were, I don't think she's an alcoholic. I think she just got caught. And it's like, got caught what? Doing what? <laughs> like excessively drinking? And exactly. Like- <laughs> and not just the drinking, but like you said, her reactions. So I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. Yeah, I mean, she definitely starts drinking again, and that will be interesting. I don't think she ever accepted, truly, that she had an alcohol problem. I think she was doing what she needed to do to get through probation sober. I agree. I agree 100%. And, yeah, I mean, who's to say whether or not she's an alcoholic, but... You know, if she is uh, gets out of hand. Now, another interesting thing was Leah talking about her alcohol use and how she abstained from drinking for nine years due to she's like, she's like, I may drink 20 times, but one out of those 20 times, it will be nuts and I will go overboard. Um, You know, so it's interesting that she has that level of like ability to reflect self-reflection. And, and I love it, however, having that setup, I'm curious to see what's going to happen throughout the season. I know. But I love the setup. I'm like, okay, it's, you know, she's very self-aware, so let's see what's going to happen. I think that she's going to go toe-to-toe and head-to-head with Dorinda, which is interesting because I feel like Dorinda normally gets along with everyone. True, and then we in the preview, we have that one scene where Dorinda comes out with this humongous wine glass and says, let's just have one glass per day, but it's, you know... Probably fits out of ten bottles of wine, so but every everybody's in that shot. So I wonder how that's going to play out. I know, and then we find out, you know, that Tinsley ends up getting back with Scott and all of that. You know, in real life, she's engaged to him, so that will be interesting to kind of see that play out. I think that she, at some point, is just going to be like, "I'm done," and we'll see that. I agree. Um, earlier you had asked me about Leah and yeah. you, you know, her 12 year old daughter got introduced. What do you think about the scene when they go to a coffee shop together and just Leah's parenting skills? 
I mean, I'm not a parent, so I definitely am not going to judge. But she, I mean, she seems very self-aware that her and her daughter are very close, but also best friends. And she's not sure, like, if that's healthy or not, but that it is what it is. I think in a lot of situations when you have a single parent and one child, like you get really close and sometimes, you know, you're helping each other out and they grow up quite quickly. Like if you look at Kelly Dodd and Jolie or, you know, other housewives we've had that have like one child, like the child always seems to sort of parent the parent sometimes. Um, We'll see if we see that. But it sounds like her daughter is very comfortable with her and very open with her, which really I think does matter a lot. Absolutely, because I loved her daughter's reactions. I'm not sure that I would share everything that Leah shared with her daughter. Oh, yeah. But same thing, I'm not a parent, so I'm just curious how this is going to play out. It'll be interesting. I like that she's got a good relationship with her ex. I think that's wonderful and really important and you know probably helps her daughter out with the stability that was so funny though when they were asking leah like where are you from and she said chelsea and they kept like asking over and over and she (laughs) i think it was the man like where she's like chelsea Chelsea. like they're like you're from new york it's like yes yes (laughs) no that that was great that was really great to see yeah oh any like final thoughts on these ladies oh so many um so in the beginning how did you like Luann's interrogation of Leah when they first meet at the bar? It was a little hard to hear, but Luann wasn't the most welcoming. She just started with a lot of questions towards Leah. I think she that's just how she is. Like, she's just like, so who are you? What are you like? What's your deal? But I think they're going to get quite close. I think they Leah has not seen Luann's crap before. Like, she's not one of those people who's going to already be annoyed by Luann's behavior from previous seasons. And so I think that she'll be much more open to Luann Mm -hmm. and Luann will cling to that. That's what I think. That's true. I agree. What do you think about the situation where Sonia was trying to pick up a man? Oh my God, we have to talk about this. I can't believe it. William. there's, There's Leah, the new one, intervening and pretty much... Telling her own opinion. It's like, he's not a good lay. He's going to, you know, rub your thigh thinking he's rubbing something else. So, <laughs> I, I thought it was very entertaining for us to watch. That was what so funny. So it, that guy, it seems like he's like a former lover of Ramona's and that Sonia wants to get with him. His name is William. He's much younger than them, but seems to maybe be into older women or women, you know couple decades older than him. With and, experience. Yeah. <laughs> Leah's just not having it. And that was probably the most I've laughed in a like in weeks. Like I just couldn't stop laughing at her. You know, he looks like the kind of guy who would like stare at himself in the mirror while he was having sex with you. And she says it to exactly. him out loud. And Sonia's like, and so oh my you're God. My moment. <laughs> She's like, I'm trying to take somebody <laughs> home. But but I thought it was refreshing. It was just so natural. It was fun. It was just very lighthearted. So it was so much fun to watch. She, I think without Bethany, there is a little bit more levity. Like the women seem a little bit. Bethany just added that she was always calculating. And I think it was exhausting for some of the women who weren't sure. Like, you know, Ramona said, like, is she going to, you know, come and purr at me or is she going to claw my eyes out? And I think a lot of people felt that way about Bethany. And that's what made her such a compelling person to see on TV. You never knew knew what was going on next. But I I do think we'll get to see some other women be a bit more themselves uh, without being afraid of how Bethany's going to react. And I'm looking forward to that because 
Bethany acted the same way when she did Bethany and Frederick when they did the um, real estate show. Oh, yeah. So Bethany is in character no matter what show she does. So, But it gives other women on this show a little more space to be themselves. And same thing, I can't wait to see their character development. Yeah. And I mean, we feel like we've known them forever because we've seen them on TV forever. But... There's always more to see. I've never seen Ramona act vulnerable. I've never seen her, you know, question what her choices are in life and where she's going to be. And is she ever going to find anyone and admitting that she's lonely and showing any sort of vulnerability? 100%. Because last season was all about she was out to get men. And then there was maybe Mario back in the picture. And it was like all about how happy and successful. And she just had it made and is living her best life. This very first episode was very different. It was interesting. I really, I appreciate it. I, I mean, and Ramona is a monster, but like we always say, she's our monster. We love her. We love her. Should we get into Vanderpump Rules? Of course. Of oh course. I can't wait. Oh my gosh. It's sad to say, you know, goodbye to Real House of, of New York to, for today, but we'll be back. We'll be back. I can't wait for next week and all the weeks to come. One thing I am nervous about, though, is given um, what's happening right now with um, not being able to film and things like that, I'm worried that we're going to have a lot more delays to the shows, including Real Housewives of New York, because they film a lot of the confessionals like throughout while the season is airing. It's not just, you know, when they're filming. And so... Like, I'm, I'm just worried that we're not going to get. And then, unfortunately, oh, we didn't mention this, but um, the senior editor for Real Housewives of New York died. Um, they showed at the end of uh, the episode. Oh, I, I forgot his name, but um, they said, like, this is in honor of him. And um, so he died from complications due to coronavirus um, on Wednesday. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And it's just, uh, but... Like you said, I am interested to see how the shows cover what's going on in the country. And I, you know, months from now when we're watching, you know, back, uh, I'm just I'm wondering if we'll like all have like trauma of reliving it again. I know. But oh, be, see, do they film them while they all are in social isolation? No. While they're at home? Nothing. No, so nothing is being filmed. Because it would be fun to just see them on FaceTime or WebEx. Or, I you know. know. I wonder using. if some of them are taking like home videos that they yeah. can show, but like they can't have people in the houses or oh, anything yeah. like that. <sighs> okay. Let's get into Vanderpump Let's Rules. Get into Before Vanderpump. we get into what happens this episode, how are you feeling about this season? Be honest. I really, really like the show. This is the one season that makes me want to give up. Oh, I know. It's so, it's sad. It is. Something's uh, not working. Something's not working. This last week's episode was actually one of the better ones. Because before that, almost like your uh, guest in your last podcast said, it was just very annoying to watch the wedding. Who's going to be the best man? No best man. And then, you know, the Kentucky... <laughs> <laughs> Castle, they got married at um, Versailles. Versailles, exactly. <laughs> um, umbrellas, tampons that were brought to the wedding, all that it was a little annoying. And the the death of the lizard. So <laughs> I was tuned out. This last episode was the one that got me back into it. Oh, good. Okay, I was into this. I like. I find James and Raquel compelling to watch on TV. I do. I don't know what it is. James is one of those people when he's on my screen, I can't look away. 
I know, and you kept asking for him to come back, and then now he is back. Now he is and back, exactly. and I do. I'm like, where is James Kennedy? There's a storyline, and I do agree. Um, it's a very complicated storyline, though. And this, again, the last episode was the first one where I enjoyed both of them, James and Raquel. Everything before, the way he talked to her, oh, my the God. way he texted Awful. to her. I, if I was Raquel, I would not be with him anymore. So there, there, there are several issues. And Lisa also pointed out to him, it's like, have you read what you texted her? You know, are you aware of what you're doing? And I think that is also so unacceptable, whether you've been drinking or not. It's just unacceptable. It is. It really is. There is no excuse for it. Um, it, it is interesting, though, to see him admit that he has a problem because we see, like we've, you know, you said about Luann, you know, going to AA and stuff like that, but she's kind of dancing around it. She's not really confronting, it seems like from what we're watching, her true demons and the real problems she has. And James was very, like, honest. He basically said, I mean, in a way, you, you may disagree, but he said, um, you know, I used to think it was good to drink when something bad happened, almost as if it were medicine. And he's like relearning how to cope. Yeah. You know, do you not think he's I, as honest? No, no, no. I give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, last season and now we've seen he had those, you know, realizations before where he said like oh I need to be better I have a drinking problem and then nothing happened and then he drank again and then he texts drunk to Raquel or anybody else so it always caused drama this past episode that's the one that actually got me back into the show he seemed vulnerable he seemed that he actually believes it uh, that he stands behind because he said he thought AA was uh, for people that have problems but now he sees it's more of a solution oh yeah I thought that was interesting like he thought people were just coming together to talk about their problems exactly so I think you know some self-awareness is happening there I hope he's going to be responsible so I see him moving in the right direction put it that way but last season and earlier this season whenever he said like oh I drank too much and then he would do it again I'm like yeah that's James it's you know good for entertainment value no self-awareness whatsoever Last episode, benefit of the doubt. So I want to see him succeed. I mean, apparently he's been sober for nine months. And that's great. Again, you know more than I do. (laughs) I can't believe that you don't see any of them on social media and you're literally watching this as if it had just happened. That blows my mind. So happy and lucky to be here to be (laughs) brought up to speed. Uh, I'll never get over how you... but if you're so aware of everything that's happening, doesn't that take all the surprises away when you watch it? Yeah, but I don't know how other, any other way to live. Oh, oh. Like to be away from social media. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's I, know, I am laughing. I mean, I'm like, oh my God. Okay, no, that's good. You know, um, I'm actually laughing just thinking about last time you were here and how you talked about how on last season of Vanderpump Rules, you ended up at the same resort in Puerto Vallarta that was like nowhere near Puerto Vallarta no that the cast was at. Nowhere near. I mean, We'll we'll see where the cast trips are uh, for New York, but we'll see if you've been to any of those resorts as well. I'll have to have you on to share. <laughs> I know, because in New York, they always say they're going to Mexico. So I was wondering, where in Mexico? Maybe I've been there. Maybe I have a story. <laughs> um, so we're back to James, James and yes. um, Raquel. So yes. how do you think? Um, Raquel is very supportive. And I liked her driving him to AA and I think it's very sweet. She's very kind. I mean, I don't know how I would be able to handle being with someone who was so that emotionally abusive. But, you know, 
there is I think she cares about him I also think she cares about being on the show you know there's a lot there and then there's that exactly so she grew on me um I think of her more fondly, fondly than I did before. right exactly especially I'm sure you're going to ask me about Lala and Raquel, yeah so oh my gosh I well that up to you well let's get into that so Raquel you know uh last episode her Lala came up to her at uh, Sandoval's extra party and brought up all the stuff with Logan last uh, season or I don't know how many years ago, which, you know, the rumors of him having a relationship with Logan or being intimate with him or whatever. Unhelpful. I don't think it's useful. I also understand that Raquel wants, like, if she's going to keep her head in the sand, fine. Like, just let her. Like, what's the point of reigniting it when you're trying to have an olive branch? I don't know. I didn't think. And I feel like Lala is so mean to Raquel unnecessarily. And I can't figure out why. 100%. Um, Last week's episode, when I'm at the coffee shop, I'm like, oh, finally, they're, you know, becoming friends. It's going to get better. And then we had the last, you know, two weeks. And none of that was like, you thought they were becoming friends, but they're not. So this week's episode, when they go to um, the... Who's, oh, it's it Jax's was, birthday. All their birthdays are like right around each other. So they're at Jax's party and then they go to Sandoval's house after for the after party. Exactly. Oh, no, no. Katie, you're thinking of the wine night. Wine night. So that was the same, but Katie had the wine night. Katie had the wine night where all the girls were invited except for Kristen. Exactly. Well, I mean, what do you think of all Which, that? Okay, hold on. Let's, let's finish Raquel uh, and Lala. <laughs> but then we're going to get back to write that. Um, so when Katie had them over... And uh, when Lala, you see her outside first, I'm going to confront Raquel now and go inside. Goes inside and then aims at her. You don't know your place in line. I'm going to you know, put you back in place. And she's like, I know my place. Um, when the thing, like, you're just a chihuahua in this. And she said, you are a... I don't remember what she was saying. She was just so unnecessarily mean. Either people, what I didn't like, and I hope... Oh, she said... Um, You've forgotten your place. Exactly. It started with that. And then they started these dog comparisons. But I really, oh, you're really, a chihuahua and I'm like I'm Michael pit bull Vick's or, pit bull. And that's, you just said it. That's the part that really, really pissed me off. Like Michael Vick, you know, that was such a big issue years ago where he had fighting dogs and dog fights that is against the law. It's against any... He, like, murdered the dogs. Absolutely. Also, isn't she supposed to be an animal rights, like, activist? Like, she volunteers at Vanderpump Dogs. And that's what I was thinking. So when she said, no, I'm one of Michael Vick's fighting dogs, it was so inappropriate. Like, there was just no social filter. It was... It's just so inappropriate. Well, did you see Stassi's reaction? Stassi was, like, in the corner, like, kind of laughing. And... She like then Lala yelled at Stasi. It's true because Stasi said, you know, usually she's on Lala's side, and then she said, in this in this fight, like she, she doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yes, it's just and to tell someone that they don't know their place exactly. is horrible. It was horrible. It was um, arrogant. It was inappropriate. It's no way to address any issue. But those are the moments when I really wonder why am I watching this show, given what's also going on in this world. I know. Like, don't we have to focus on more on bigger issues or well, and Stassi or has mentioned that like in the last weeks she's been saying 
once we do do the reunion, like how are we going to reconfront all of this drama knowing all these things that are happening in the world? It just seems so stupid. And they didn't even know what we're experiencing right now. So yeah, no, but she's saying now, like giving now, like how are they going to look back at what happened during filming and like reignite? Like she just doesn't care anymore. Exactly. You know, it's because I'm sure we crazy. all got a whole new focus on life. Whether it's like whether you can get your groceries or not, whether you can greet your neighbors. It's like it's 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 everything that was normal before is no longer normal. And then seeing behaviors like that um, it made it especially hard this week. When I watched it, it's like. I don't know how you function in the real world because those are no problems I that we have. I normally like to watch the bickering. Like it's like an escape, you know? But Lala is so unaware of her privilege and how obnoxious she is and how she's just so mean unnecessarily. And like why Raquel? Like someone who is not, and Raquel was so good when she was like, well, if we don't all agree she's a bully, we all can agree she's a bitch. And I was like, touche. Look at you, Raquel, finding your voice. Exactly. And those are the fun moments. So that's the, you know, Vanderpump boots we want to see, but they're hard to find. They're it really is. rare. There's they're, a lot of, um, it's been a lot more dark then it's been a lot more dark but then even like tp in someone's house i'm like yeah it's fun but also the maturity level so there are right. moments like, well and then it's like don't waste that precious toilet paper <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm down These. to like three rolls <laughs> well i can give you some okay um, <laughs> but no but it's exactly that but my point is like we're not 21 anymore so it's like there's this maturity level they're all lacking in maturity. They are. And it used to be fun to watch. And maybe it's just It's these harder because circum- they're getting older. They're in their late 30s. Like, you know, the guys. It's Jax like, what are 40, you doing? Jack's exactly, 40. Exactly. So seeing... I mean, it was funny. So Sandoval and Max want to TP Jax's house for his birthday and prank him. And Schwartz is like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I don't think it's like a way to your relationship isn't where it was before. Um, You know, and and Jax is almost more annoyed that he has to clean up the like toilet paper than he is like acknowledging the fact that the prank is somewhat funny. Um, But what he did to get back at um Sandoval was quite something so because Jax really isn't I don't think he's the brightest guy um he's not very clever nope. Rand is uh, Lala's uh mm-hmm. fiance and so he is like hey for your birthday like I'll get I'll we'll get back at Sandoval I'll have like these two actors dressed as LA cops in a squad car try and arrest him for vandalism and uh so they actually do that and everyone's you know katie's kind of freaking out ariana's like oh my god schwartz's response was funny he's like it's all those unpaid parking tickets Uh i knew it you know but um then it ends up being you know a joke and a prank and i do think it is a moment of levity between sandoval and um, Jack's like it's like they're connecting like Sandoval's like ah oh, you got me but Katie was like you know guys like this isn't funny you know like turn on the TV like she's acknowledging you know a lot of the police brutality that has been happening and things like that I think it would have been different if um, Sandoval was a person of color. Oh, yeah. Like, it would be a very different situation. I can kind of see both sides, like how it was, like, funny between them, but also how, you know, people would find it not very funny. No, absolutely. Seneva was smart, though, when he TP'd his own house, and then when they called uh, 
Ariana. Oh, yeah. It. And like, oh, look at her teepeeing off on you. We yard. got teepeeing too. And it was this low cut tree where you could just like go and just like pick it out. <laughs> like nothing, nothing bad going on. I liked how they caught everybody. So overall, yes, it was fun. Again, I just questioned the maturity level. Um, yeah. And, yeah. However, once we then get to when they all get back to after the party, they go back to um, Tom Schwartz's house and Katie's house, right? Oh, no, they're at Sandoval and Ariana's because was, Jax is being so mean about how they have no furniture. Yes. He's so rude. It's like they're hosting his after party. Absolutely right. You're right. Uh, what was hard to see, though, because I'm usually a big fan of Tom uh, Schwartz more because I think he's a little more reasonable than the other Tom. Uh, and then to watch him... Uh, the way he talks to his wife, Katie. So it was so... Well, wife, I mean, that wife. was the roughest thing it I've seen in a long time. So, and again, no amount of alcohol justifies that. Like they are Again, the, yeah. It, it was, it, I, that would be reason for a divorce for me. It would be... It's so inappropriate. It's so offensive. If you talk to me like that, last straw. It, would, it was so offensive. I can't imagine. I... So Schwartz is, so Katie's obviously upset about this prank and thinks it's, you know, in poor taste and very upset by it and doesn't find it funny. And Schwartz is so annoyed with Katie being annoyed that he's like, shut up. You're ruining a great moment. We're laughing. Nobody gives a shit about your opinion. And then he's like, I've never been more turned off in my life. And that's why. And then he's like, that's why I don't have sex with her Mm -hmm. to everyone. And Bo looks horrified like maybe he hasn't seen the side of Schwartz yet it was horrible because then coming back to when they went to Port Vallarta mm-hmm. uh, that was the scene when it was Tom and Katie on the patio and he said I can't send the sound, sound of, of your, your voice, voice. Exactly. Yeah. so all that it was between the two of them and the other you know millions of people watching but um, <laughs> it, it was at least that this time all your friends the entire other cast was there it's just so inappropriate to address your partner, your wife, anybody like that. It could be your friend. You don't talk like that. It was so, I would put somebody aside and say, you know, this is all in good fun. It's really a joke. I understand that you don't like it, but you know what? We deal but with it later. He, it's so sad because you see her response and it's like she's resigned from like, she's not going to react. Like she's used to it. That is true, but she comes up and uh, there's uh, one moment before he walks out and then, no, she walks out, then he walks out and she's like, I don't want to go with you. And so she walks back in. But where she actually says, I'm fine, let's just let it go. And he doesn't. And that's the point where I'm like, you know what? He should have learned his lesson. But also, like, how could you say I'm fine, I'll let it go? Like, Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... Schwartz probably has one of the biggest drinking problems on all of these shows combined. And everyone makes it seem like it's okay because he's usually funny. But when he's not funny, it is scary. I mean, do you remember when he was in Mexico and he ended up at the wrong resort? Yes. I mean, that is insane. Now that you pointed out, it's just that either they don't show it to us or that I just didn't notice because... You know, they show everybody else drinking. I didn't know that was an issue with him. I think it is. I mean, I just can't imagine. I I think him and Katie fight hard and they are really mean to each other. 
And I do believe they love each other, but like they go places that no couple and no two people should ever go with like hurling insults. It's so unnecessary. Never again. I I would not tolerate that. So, but it's always like smooth sailing. Nothing happens, and then it's these extremes with them. But then they pretend like everything's okay to get past it, and right. It's just something that probably you and I don't get to see. (laughs) So I wonder what's happening in the real world. I really do. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, it really, I like watching Schwartz. I think he's like charming, but just because you're charming doesn't mean you should get away with stuff. Like, I feel like he's never held accountable ever because he's Schwartz and people just, him, I mean, even Jax is held more accountable, even though Jack gets away with everything. It's, it's very frustrating. Now, something that we haven't gotten to yet, which I couldn't get over was Brett's YouTube channel. And he has Sheena on. Now, Sheena has been a godsend this season. She's the one of the only cast members that is hanging out with the OGs and the new people trying to... She's working overtime to try and tie every storyline together. When he has her on... His, so, th- first of all, the only reason he has a YouTube channel is because his ex-girlfriend, the one that he talked about nonstop on that day with Charlie, is a YouTube star. I didn't know that. So he probably got a ton of followers because he was her boyfriend. And then he started a channel. And I thought he had a YouTube channel because he takes his shirt off and is in good shape. Yes. So he takes his shirt off and he's like, I have a lot of female subscribers. I was like, sure. Like, (laughs) it's like. Or just a bunch of gay men. Like, come on. Like, I know. I'm like, like okay, it doesn't yeah, matter. I'm, I'm not in a he's attractive, yet, but, but he's, like, I can see why. Yeah. And he says, so he like, I don't know why. Well, first of all, we don't really know what his YouTube channel is about at all. And he says, um, so he first of all, he calls Sheena middle-aged. She's 34. Like, what? And then in the, cause, like, within the next breath. It gets worse. It gets worse because he was like, oh, you've, like, been around the block and, like, you're with, like, fuck boys. Does that make you a fuck girl? And she's like, what are you talking about? I know. And before we dive into that, because just the use of those terms, they used fuck girl in this season quite a lot. Fuck there boy. Was the, well, yeah. Fuck boy, fuck girl. There was a yeah. lot between also... um it was oh, uh, Dana, and, Dana Max. and Max. That was fuck boy, fuck girl, and now we have it again. So I didn't didn't appreciate that. Um, before the scene that we were just referencing, there was a scene where Brett and Sheena were at, uh, I think it was Sir. I was like, you know, we're just friends. I really see you as my good friend, and you're not a girlfriend. You're not a girl I want to take home. And she was totally oblivious to what he was saying. Because she kept saying, like, yeah, well, let's see where this is going. Yeah, let's see what's going to happen in the future. Because, yeah. like, you know, I don't want to sleep with well, you. Okay. You're just a friend. I think that was poorly. E- I think that was edited to make her look bad. And it did. Because it really made her look bad. That's why I brought it up. Because he made his point clear. It's like, I don't want to sleep with you. You're not going to be a girlfriend. Like, this is it. But I don't. And then she's like, let's see where this goes. I think she Maybe was, in the future. I think she was responding to different things. Like, I feel like they were splitting, splicing that scene to make her look bad. Well, then we have to blame it on Bravo because what I took away from it, I'm I like, know, I think that's what girlfriend I... Girlfriend has no understanding of where this is going. I like, know, it's, like, it's funny. If you want a good laugh, you should follow Sheena's mom on Twitter because she's always defending Sheena, which, I mean, Mama Bear should, but she goes a little overboard. Like, she doesn't need to, like, follow everyone, you know, and, and respond to them. But she was so angry about that scene, and she's like, she wasn't even into Brett. <laughs> like, they just, that was the worst editing. And I was like, it seemed to me because it 
the conversation didn't flow naturally. It looked, I mean, it really made her look delusional, and I know she can be, but even for her, it... See, and that's why I love you, Mandy. You, you <laughs> give like, me all the not. inside. I'm just a spectator like everybody else. I'm just watching it and taking it at face value. So what I took away from that, I'm like, oh my God, Sheena is not getting the message. He's telling her, I'm not into you. I'm not going to sleep with you. You're not my girlfriend. And she's like, let's just see where this is going. Um, but thanks for your insights. <laughs> I feel so bad. I think Sheena is, I don't know, she brings a lot of like fun to the show. I i appreciate her. I think she's, they edit her so badly. And I don't know why some people get really good edits on the show and others get terrible edits, but they go after her. And I just don't know why. She's, I do so like you blame she, it. She. You blame it on, on editing? Oh, I blame a lot of it okay. on editing because look at how Schwartz is edited to look like an angel and he's clearly yeah. not. He's okay. clearly not, you know? I'm learning so much here. I don't know. I think, you know, I don't know. But one thing that I thought was a missed opportunity was Kristen. She knew there was a girls' night going on and she could have crashed it. And been like, why didn't you invite me? You know, I don't know. Dude, so much about reality TV. So don't you think that felt really, really scripted? So that Katie invited everybody but Kristen. Fine. But then we had the scene where I think it was Lana, whoever, who called Kristen to say. Oh, Sheena. Sheena. So Sheena says. Sheena's working overtime. We are going there except you. But she's like, I wanted you to hear it from me. I know, I know. But that felt so scripted to me. It was like, just to I mean, create it this drama. We all knew leading up to it that Katie said that drunk the night before. I'm going to invite everybody but her. But then to have it in your face. By the way, we're all going there except you. And then you see Kristen there. My dogs are my best friend. Little scripted. Little yeah, scripted. I mean, I think that's what's making the show hard is it used to be completely unscripted. Mm-hmm. And now... They're just kind of, I don't know, it's a little, there's a lot about it that just doesn't feel natural anymore. Let's talk about, uh, what do you think about the situation when um, it was Ariana and LVP, they were taking out their horses. Oh my God. And LVP wanted to bring out, you know, her horse's big dick. (laughs) It's like disgusting. (laughs) I'm glad I brought it up. I I love to talk about these things. I think LVP, something is so off with her. Like, she acts like... I've, there's so much I find wrong with LVP. I think she's so interesting to watch. Um, but it's odd that she has to have this show where everyone is like her minion. Like mm-hmm. her minions. And they all have to look up to her. And she's the executive producer. Mm-hmm. And she can make herself look as good as she wants. And everyone has to kiss her ass. And she can't handle being on a show with her own peers. That's why it's called Vanna Pumbrewards. I know. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. She's yeah. weird. It's also weird how she like is with animals. I think... Because I don't think she can connect with humans. Like, I feel like Ken is the only person that she's truly connected to. And he is like an obedient servant to her. Now you're taking us away from the you know horse penises. But um, <laughs> I'm do, not going to go do, there. <laughs> do you think so? You honestly think that she's not connecting with James and his alcoholism right now? She is. But like that is she can only play the role of like um I don't know, like a fairy godmother type, like a, a mentor. That's the only role that she's comfortable playing. And she can't show any other side of her or any other emotion. That's actually true. I agree. I agree. And it bothers me because, I, I mean, I'm. are you excited for um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I am. I, I'm yeah. really excited. No, so you me. haven't heard the drama. No, tell me. 
Are you wait? Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. Um, so apparently, Brandy Glanville and Denise Richards were having an affair. What? Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm like, wow. And Brandy thought that Denise had an open marriage, which she apparently does not. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I say, I, and, and like we're recording this. I don't know what to say. I am <laughs> How speechless. How do you not know this? Manny, I, I Manny like never makes me speechless. I am speechless. <laughs> like, whoa. So, I mean, that, I think it'll be very interesting. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. Anything else Bravo related? Well, I watch all the whole uh, sailing shows, which I know you don't. Which believe. shows? Well, all the um, oh, the the real estate shows. No, no, and sailing, the, sailing. So oh, like the sailing. Oh, I watch. I watch uh, Below Deck and Below, Below Deck, Deck Med. And I Below haven't watched Below Deck sailing. Sailing. Okay. Do Actually, you like it? I love it. First episode, same thing. I'm, like, eh, I'm not sure if it compares to all the other Below Deck. Yeah. Best, best show ever. You it's love the it. Best show, best cast. Good drama. It's fun to actually watch the sailboat. Very different than all the other boats they have. Um, fun to watch, and especially since you watch all the Bravo shows. I, I watch like, well almost, about, and, and that's a point. I the know. ones I watch, you don't watch. But maybe it's a guy girl thing. So no, I like, I like it. Stop it. I like it. Um, do you watch Family Karma? I, do, I don't. I don't. But I want to get into it. Is it so? Good? Is it it good? is. I've only seen one episode. It's definitely like good. It's it's hilarious, and it's all about family dynamics and is like. It, is it just serving stereotypes, or is it? No, it, I mean, I mean, some of it's totally stereotypes, but like, I think um, it's there. It's like a bunch of Indian families that live in Florida, and like the Miami area. From the previews, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, we've got all the time in the world now, don't we? We do. We do. Okay. Um, any final parting thoughts? I can't wait to really see how we are Houses of New York is going to play I out this know. season. The first episode gave me more hope than I actually had for the season. But so. have they ever had a bad season? Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How yes. many seasons ago? I thought it was good for so long. Fine. Okay. But they had a bad season. But this is Better than Vanderpump Moors, because Vanderpump Moors oh, is the yeah. one I'm concerned about. Where, I am again, worried. This episode I liked. Before that, it's a sinking ship. It was so contrived. It was just so scripted. There was nothing I really liked. I know. Well, you guys can't find Robert anywhere because he's not on social media. <laughs> you, can, you can find me with Mandy, though. Yeah. <laughs> just ask her to invite me back. I'll be back. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robert Block. I love you. Love you, too. And I'm back with a recap of this week's Summer House. So I thought, uh, I guess incorrectly now, that maybe it would be a less exciting, less dramatic episode because Lindsay was away at a bachelorette weekend in Tulum, Mexico. But boy, was I wrong. So it starts out with all the girls getting together at Paige's New York City apartment for a little girls' night. And I really enjoy seeing their apartments in the city. I mean, it's fun to watch them go away uh, for the weekend and be in the Hamptons. But finding out more about their real lives has actually been really interesting for me. 
So they're all together and Hannah opens up about how her and Luke got together on Sunday night when they all had gotten back from the Hamptons. And of course, Paige and everyone a little bit skeptical of Luke because he's dating another woman. But when Hannah got together with him, she met a lot of Luke's friends and they had not met the other woman yet. Um She says that she's very competitive and really just wants to win this competition. But we all know that she definitely likes Luke. Jules opens up and said that Jordan texted her to apologize. Uh, So then we find out, though, that Jordan also texted Hannah and Paige on a group text. And he said, basically, it's either Jules or me pick a side, which is crazy because Jules is part of the cast and she has a room in the summer house. And Jordan just kind of joined along because of her. I I don't really understand how this is all working out. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before, which is who's actually bought into the summer house? Are they really paying for themselves? You know, who's part of the cast versus a friend of? Do they even know when filming is happening? So I feel like there's multiple layers to this. The whole like it's him or me, but also, you know, who's truly a cast member? Very, very interesting. And Jules is obviously taken aback because Jordan clearly did not mean to be sorry if he's saying, I want to keep hanging out at the summer house. and I don't want Jules to be there. So the weekend comes, and it is Kyle's 37th birthday. Jordan shows up. No one's entirely sure who really invited him. It's really, this whole dynamic is so interesting. So Jordan feels like because he introduced Jules to Hannah, and then Hannah invited Jules to come to the house, that, you know, they should dump Jules and and kind of take his side. Regardless, Kyle calls a house meeting and they all cram into somebody's room to discuss the Jules and Jordan issue. And Kyle is just very frustrated. He's like, they both should leave. Like, let's kick them both out tonight. Um, You know, Hannah seems to be a little bit more on Jordan's side. I know Jordan's definitely her friend. And then Kyle's like, you know, who's actually connected to Jules in the house at all? Like anyone? And Paige says that, you know, she feels sort of connected to Jules, but no one else really seems to be connecting to Jules. And that's kind of a theme of of this week. Amanda gets everyone to agree that they will all decide after the weekend is over how to proceed. So Amanda and Paige stay in and almost everyone else goes out. Luke and Hannah, when they come back, are definitely hot and heavy in the pool. And it's so funny to see Paige and Amanda spying on them. He says he's pretty open. He's trying to figure out who he wants to date, you know, Hannah or this other woman. And um, so then the next day, they're all getting ready for Kyle's party, which is a fraternity theme. And they're all going to wear togas and stuff like that. It's kind of funny. We find out, you know, which of the cast members had pledged uh, sorority or fraternity when they were in college. Uh, Paige was so funny. She's like, I made friends on my own. Then we see Carl, and he's reaching out to Sarah, that Barry's boot camp instructor, who he invited to come to the party. And it's so funny, Sarah pulls a Carl on Carl, and she tells him that she's not coming out to the Hamptons because, you know, she's got a lot to do. 
And he points out that she probably knew that since it was at least a three-hour drive. She knew that she wasn't coming that day and probably before that day, but just didn't tell him. So he's already in a bad mood, and you can see him drinking a lot. Um, Kyle, oh my gosh, he is having the best time at this party. He said if it was going to be like Animal House, he was going to bring some animals to the house. So he has ponies and goats. They're, you know, in stables, and some of them are walking around the tennis courts. It's absolutely insane. And then the boys from Southern Charm show up. So we see Austin, Shep, and Craig. The ladies all get together to make an announcement from the roof deck uh, to the party below, announcing Amanda kind of thanking everyone coming to Kyle's party. And everyone is there but Jules. Even Danielle is up there. And so Amanda leads a toga chant, and then her and some of the other girls pour cocktails down that the boys try and catch in their mouth. So we can see the whole party that Jules is walking around and she's just not sure where everyone else is and she feels kind of left out and isn't really sure what's going on. Then we see Paige pulling Hannah aside and telling Hannah, you know, I think you're lying to yourself about how much you like Luke. And Hannah acknowledges like, hey, you know, I do like him. But Paige is concerned because she thinks Luke just wants to get laid and is toying with Hannah, and she has definitely got her eyes on him. Then we see Hannah flirting with Austin from Southern Charms, which is pretty funny. Um, He says that maybe he needs a New York girl, and she's like, I don't think you could handle a New York girl. Uh, Luke sees Hannah and Austin talking and kind of interrupts them. And you can tell Hannah's a little annoyed. She's like, are you just going to come up to me anytime I'm flirting with somebody else? Which, you know, it's like, hey, Luke, make up your mind. If you want to be with Hannah, be with Hannah. But if you're not sure and you're still with this other woman, like let her talk to other people at the party. So... Meanwhile, it's all been building up to Jules, wondering where everyone is, feeling like people are, she's kind of on the outs, and she, for whatever reason, thinks she's comfortable enough with Carl to open up to him, which was terrible, terrible mistake. Carl's obviously in a terrible mood because Sarah, the Barry's boot camp instructor, didn't come out to the party. So Jules uh, tells Carl she feels excluded and is like, do you know anything? And Carl goes, you know, Jordan and you are torpedoing this entire fucking summer, which is just such an exaggeration. Everyone's having a great time. I don't think the Jules and Jordan fight has taken over most of the summer. I would actually argue that the Lindsay and Carl fighting has gone on much longer. And Jules, you know, apologizes, which it's definitely not her fault that all this is happening. She's been handling it pretty well. And Carl's like, well, that's not good enough. And I don't want you in the house anymore or him. And that's where the episode ends. And so really interested to see next week, kind of will the ladies rally around Jules? Is everyone going to take Jordan's side? Are they going to kick both of them out? It's really interesting. It's like, We're definitely in a position where these people are in their like late 20s, some of them late 30s, and they're still dealing with this sort of like house dynamics that I feel like we're more likely to deal with during our college years. So it's just very interesting to watch sort of like, oh, we're going to kick them both out or not. I don't know. It's it's pretty funny. 
I'm definitely loving this season of Summer House. It feels light. It feels fun. They're a total mess. They know they're a mess. And um, just really absolutely enjoying it and hope you all are as well. I will talk to you guys all next week with a brand new episode. Hope you're all staying safe in quarantine. Take care. Also you <laughs> The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.